Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are God is good all the time. Every time you clap, it gets people's attention. Can we give the Lord one more hand just because he's good and he's faithful, he's true? It's a great time in worship. Um, it's that season, it's that time. A lot of Christmas parties coming up now. Um, a, lot of, a lot of eating and a lot of fellowship. And, and, and this is a, a good time where the Lord could give us uh, opportunities for invitations opportunities to share the good news and just to to love the way Jesus would love so um, let's take advantage of this so today is special and as we got into last week last week I I wanted to share a message but I, I introduced it with three verses and these three verses I didn't get out of out of the verses I actually we ended up just speaking about it and and, and just allowing it to do what it needed to do um, for last Sunday so today I want to kind of continue, um, not a different message, but continue where I was at last week and, and try to get through, the, through all the notes and, and through, the, through the thought here of, of what we wanted to share. And we've been discussing this title, this topic that we're calling it, Don't Stop Now. Because every single one of us um, have probably felt in something in our lives we've wanted to stop. There was something that we started. There was something that we were doing, and it was good for us. It was what maybe God was calling us to, whatever it was. And then there comes this pressure, or there comes this heartache, or there comes this attack, or there comes just all these, uh, who knows what it could be, a pain. I, I don't know. And um, we start thinking about maybe I should just stop. Maybe I should cease. And um, I am sure that all of you have your own stories to tell about your walk with God and what that looks like and how you wrestle at times with God and your conversations with God. Moments where maybe, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to walk away from you. Very bad decision to, to take, but we've said that to God or, or I'm just going to stop. Uh, I'm just going to, I don't know. You have to kind of just, you know what you do and what you say to God. I, I know what I say to God. Um, and even in frustration at times or hurt or whatever to my own wife where I could vent to her. And the Lord just put on my heart for months back, weeks back to, to kind of come into this moment of December and to encourage our church with these three words, don't stop now. Don't stop now. We, we, I don't want to get so much into what we shared last week, but you need to go back and listen to last Sunday's message. It's already up. And you could listen to that at any time. But I want to continue to speak on this theme of perseverance. For us to st say don't stop now, it has everything to do with persevering. And I told you last week that the greatest, if not one of the greatest attributes that we are to have as believers is the willing to persevere. And that is the truth. I told you last week that Christ didn't just start, but he persevered. And I said, to where? And I know some of us said, we said the cross, the cross, right? But we said, no, not just the cross. He broke through that and he persevered to eternity. And um, we are to persevere. I don't know if you remember this, but I gave you somewhat of a definition of what perseverance is. 
and it's to continue trying to do something even though it's difficult. Are you doing something difficult right now? I mean, not like right now, maybe, maybe you're doing something difficult right now. Shame on you. If you sitting down listening to me is difficult for you. But away from that, are you involved in something that is difficult right now? Anyone? Any takers? So we have one person that's going to say, is it your pregnancy? Your pregnancy? Charlene's having a great pregnancy. So we just give God glory for that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But we're going maybe through something difficult. We're, we're in a difficult moment. We're facing something. There's something that's going on. And that's what perseverance is. Well, what do I got to do? I got to keep going at it, even though this difficulty arises. And um, in 16 years of, of doing God's work here, and there's been so many years, I, I, at 20 years old, I took a chance and I said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve God. And at that time, my pastor met with me at a TGIF. I think, I, I don't know if those still exist. They do. I used to love their salad bars, you know. And, and, and we would go to TGIF, and he took out a, he was 23, 24, and I was 20, and he took out like this briefcase with paperwork all on it. This was before the days of iPads, when you have to write notes and draw plans out on paper. And, he, and we sat on a round table, and he put all the paperwork on the table, and we were in our early 20s, and he looks at me, and he says, we're going to plan our first church. And I said, Amen. I said, let's do it. And he says, and you're going to be the youth pastor. And I said, okay. <laughs> and um, in our early 20s, we took a step of faith and we planted our first church down south. And from there, the Lord wouldn't stop tugging my heart for, hey, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to do my work, whatever it is. And um, here it's been 16 years. It's been Nancy's back there. Nancy should come up here and share a couple words about this time. <laughs> She's doing the kids, poor thing. Let's give Nancy a hand for handling the kids. She had to fill in today, so we miss her out here, but she's, she's doing God's work back there with your kiddos. But 16 years here and what is it, 20, 40, 22 years in total already. Um, there's a lot of stories. I think I was, yeah, Adrian today, I, I, I was just walking with him in the parking lot. And I said, hey, you know what happened here one day right outside in the parking lot? And I told him a story that happened in the middle of one of our services, this something happened out here. And, we, and he's like, why did you just tell me that story? I said, I don't know. I just remembered it when I was staring at the parking lot. A lot of stories that we could share, a lot of things that we could talk about when we serve the Lord. A lot of um, ups and a lot of downs. And 16 years here, there's one thing that I could tell you is very important. And that was, and that is the ability to persevere with everything that has been, that has risen and that has come uh, to maybe stop us from doing what God's called us to do. So I'm grateful for perseverance, though there's been many times where I've had to, I guess as an athlete would say, um, lace, up his, uh, lace up his shoes or whatever it's called and, or tie up his gloves to keep fighting the fight, to keep running the race. Um, and there were times when you would tie the gloves or you would tie your shoes and like, I don't feel like running today or I don't feel like fighting today. How many of you have been called to fight the good fight and the last thing you wanted to do at that moment was to get in the ring and fight the good fight? Ever been there? I have. I just don't want to fight today, Lord. So what is it that you want to do, Rigo? Go do everything opposite of what you told me to do, God. I don't want to run today. Really? So what is it that you want to do today? 
So, Lord, thank you for perseverance because it's something that I uh, find important and find as a great attribute. And I think all over Scripture, we see that perseverance is, is key. We shared three scriptures last week, and I want to kind of not get into all of it today, but just read them to you as we got into them last week. We said 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7. I kind of just shared it with you where Paul tells Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Before that letter, he writes this, these words to him. Before he told him, I'm at the end. I fought it. I finished it. He writes something very similar to Timothy. And he goes and he tells him, Timothy, now you, you, you fight the good fight. Later on in his life, he told Timothy, I fought the good fight, but you're called to fight the good fight. He told Timothy to take hold of, the, of eternal life, which you were called and about which you were made, the goodness confession in the presence of many witnesses, the calling and the hand of God is over your life. Timothy, keep running, keep fighting, take hold of that which God has given you. And Paul is a great example. Uh, again, go to last week and hear some of the things that we discussed, how Paul is a great example of someone that was very honest with his own struggle, with his own sin, with his own thorn in his flesh, constant battling within him, but yet he comes to the end of his life in a prison cell even and talks about, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this to the end. And he did. He did it till the end end. One moment he took his last breath and instantly he was in the presence of the Lord and the next words he heard were, welcome, good, faithful servant. From a prison cell to the glory of heaven, welcome, good, faithful servant. Faithful. He persevered. He was faithful. Very, very important that we understand this. He also writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? That is true. All the runners run. Do all the runners place? Do all the runners always finish? They don't. But they all start running. It says, But only one receives the prize. So he tells the church, you run, you run so that you could obtain the prize. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. So this life of perseverance is also a life of self-control. It's not wild. It's not out of order. It's a consistent, persevering son, daughter of God. Consistent. You heard me say last week that when I look towards people and people that I could look up to, I look at people that persevere. I look at people that have a long resume of, not of all the great things they've built and done, but a long resume of how they stayed faithful in the things of God, even through difficulty and heartaches. Is that what you look forward towards? Is that what, don't you want the next generation to look at you and say, I honor you. And you say, but why? There's nothing in me. I honor you for the simple fact that you've persevered through all hardships in your life. You've shown that you know God. You've shown that God lives in your heart. And, and this is what Paul is saying. We, we, we exercise. We don't just like, 
well, hopefully God works it all out today. No, you're in the relationship. God's going to work it out, but we are faithful to do our part and work it out as well. We work it out. He says they do it. Those that are not in Christ, they do it for a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. And Paul says, so I run, I run. And how does he run? Not aimlessly. I mean, we talked about kids, kids almost dying. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it, there it is, under control. And I love this, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. That's a very important scripture to me. Lest I myself should be disqualified. Why do you continue to do what you're doing? I have to discipline myself. I need to have control. I need to be under control. Lest after preaching to others, they look at me and they say, you are a joke. You are disqualified. Lest I myself become disqualified. I mean, Paul would write such letters like that to convict my heart, to convict your heart, but to also encourage our hearts. I've had to train and to discipline myself to define and to view or to measure success properly. How would you view success? I would love for you if I had enough time for you to say, hey, on a sheet of paper, go ahead and write the definition, your definition of how, how you would define success. How would you define success? How would you do it? Because so many people live their lives measuring their fruitfulness as success. Is that how you measure success? I'm fruitful. Look at everything around me. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That is a very good thing. But I heard something years ago that Pastor Leo actually came here and shared right here at our church. And I think we should consider these words that he said. They really impacted my heart. Here I am years later, and I'm going to quote him. He said this, that the Lord may be more honored by my faithfulness, not just necessarily my fruitfulness. And that impacted me when he said that. What should have more weight? My faithfulness. And in that faithfulness, there is fruit, obviously. But we need to be very careful what you and I, what we call success, success for your family, success at your home, success for your business, success for your friendships, success in ministry, success in everything that you do. How do you measure it? It's never how much you can do or how much you can gain. We know that scripture teaches us this, but it is remaining faithful in what God is calling you to do. Staying steady. It's continuing to do it. The perseverance says, even when it's difficult. I want to share a quote from C.S. Lewis. And he speaks on perseverance. Listen to this quote. We should have it on the screen. Check this out. C.S. Lewis says this. God knows our situation. Amen. Thank God that he knows our situation. Do we have it? God knows our situation. He says, he will not judge us as if we had no difficulties to overcome. What matters is the sincerity and perseverance of our will to overcome them. And then he says, we all want progress, 
But if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. What saves a man is to take a step, then another step. And C.S. Lewis is, is describing the importance of just persevering. One step. What are you called to do today? Take one step. One step of obedience today. And then after that step, what do I do after that? Just take another step. Don't be so caught up and so focused with the journey or the end prize. Just take one step, faithful to every single step. And you can say, but, but, but in those steps that I take, what should I do? Know that God knows your situation. Know that God is not there to judge you and to destroy you and to bring difficulties to harm you, but he's bringing these things to shape you, to mold you, so that you could overcome them and do a greater work in you. God knows our problems. And I can say, thank you, Lord. Take one step and then another step. And Rigo, if you've gone down the wrong road, you need to do an about turn and you need to get back on the right road. And when you get on that right road, take the right step. You've ever gotten on the wrong road? You've jumped off your road and you went head on now. Oh, I'm going on oncoming traffic. And the Lord's like, you turn, you turn now, you turn now. My dad took me to take years ago, obviously, to take my, my driver's, uh, is he in here? My driver's license test. All right, the exam where you drive. And I, I, I'm, dry, I'm driving and, and, and I was terrified because I get two instructors in the car. I get one sitting right next to me telling me where to go. And I'm not mocking the guy, making fun of the guy, but I have a guy in the back who has... Um, like involuntary movements. He has like a tick and he's, and he's constantly like ticking in the back. Like, and I'm looking, I'm driving and I'm looking at him like, what's going on with him? I'm a young kid and I'm, and I'm looking at him and he's talking in the back and he's doing a tick and the guy in the next to me. So now I'm a nervous wreck. I'm, I, I, I do have a form of ADD. So I'm looking at the guy in the back with a tick. I'm listening to the guy next to me and the guy says, I need you now right here uh, to turn. I guess there was some sort of storm and a lot of trees and branches fell. So I needed to go cross the street, stop in the middle, uh, the, the medium, whatever that's called, then cross over and make the right turn. But what I did was I did not see that middle part. I thought that it was just one road and I made the direct right turn. And then the guy in the back that was having his uh, little ticks looks at me and he screams from the back, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Hurry up and turn here. And I had to turn right back into the shopping center. He goes, you went to oncoming traffic. I see cars coming at me and he's screaming because the cars are coming at me. I'm coming at them. I needed to turn. And, and, and I, he goes, come in, park here. And I parked and I promise you, this is a true story. That's my father. He took me. I parked there. I had the guy in the back, the guy next to me and I both of them. I said, did I fail? <laughs> and the guy in the back says, what do you think? Those were his exact words to me. What do you think? And I felt so defeated. You guys know my father, right? So I come out of the car and he's waiting for me. And he's like. <laughs> and I just did one of these. He's like, what happened? I went to oncoming traffic. I almost killed these guys. <laughs> I 
That really happened to me. I wish I could say, just kidding. But that's my life. Those are the things that I do constantly. I have to concentrate more than you guys. I've had to learn through my years to control my mind, to make sure I'm steadied because of where my mind goes. I have to make that. So I work, when I'm in large groups, I work harder than you because I'm trying to focus. It's hard. If I've ever had a conversation with you, and I did this to Rudy the other day, and I called him, and I apologized because I caught it later on at night, and I've walked away from you, and I started a conversation with someone else, I didn't do it on purpose. I lost control for a moment. My mind won. My wife always says, and when I have moments like that at home, squirrel. (laughs) But I've gone to oncoming traffic. That's how bad it is. Spiritually, have we been there? You went, to the, you went on the wrong side of the road and the Holy Spirit in the back. Hey, are you crazy? Pull over now. The Holy Spirit has to put you on a stop and says, get on the right road. You know, the easiest thing that we can do when faced with difficulty is to quit. It's to walk away. It's to pick up something new. It's, it's this word that I, I wanted to get into today. It's, it's the word that I think it's so important in scripture. It's, it's the word called forfeit, to forfeit. I could have, I know it's a silly story, but I could have said, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just not called to drive. <laughs> there's people that really struggle to drive. They, they, there's fear of them driving. I'm just, I just can't, I can't drive. But I had to face that and say, no, I'm going to get my license. It's a silly story, but it's like that in everything in our lives. We need to discipline ourselves in the difficulty. You can't forfeit. You should write that down probably. Don't ever forfeit. If you're sitting here today and you're married, I'm going to give you the greatest advice if you haven't heard it yet. Don't you ever forfeit on your marriage. You better fight for that. Because it's going to hurt your children. It, it, it's going to hurt your next relationship. Like, don't forfeit. Is God calling you to do something right now? You're doing it. You're thinking about stopping. I'm just going to walk away. I'm telling you, be very careful not to forfeit that which God has told you, it's yours. Why am I making such a big deal about forfeit? You know, in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, we get it in the English language. It says, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? That word forfeit is a very important word in that passage. You gain the whole world. Are you guys seeing what's going on with Diddy? I'm sorry for getting urban and hip-hop-ish on you all. He gained the whole world. But it's not looking too good right now. It's not looking too good. You know how many people have gained the world? 
all for the sake of forfeiting their soul. The reason why I'm stressing the word forfeit is because in everything in life, legally, property, um, cars, whatever it is, if you forfeit payments, whatever that you do, there's always a penalty from forfeiting. Did you know that? Go ahead and forfeit your mortgage payments. See what the penalty is. See if after a while, they're like, you're just so good looking that I think I'm going to have grace and just let you have the house. No, no. If you forfeit the mortgage payments, eventually you're going to deal with the consequences. In everything, in everything, when we forfeit, there's penalty for it. Let me read the context around Mark chapter 8. Jesus caused the crowd to join. And he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. You see that? Give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So Jesus is calling individuals to get out of your own way. Come to me. Give up your way. Surrender your life. He says in verse 35, if you try to hang on to your life, take hold of your life. Live for yourself. Last week, we talked about pleasing yourself, satisfying yourself, living for your own pleasures, X, Y, Z, okay? All these different things. If you try to hang on to your life, look what, look what he says. Jesus' very own words, he says, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, of the good news, you will save it. Jesus is giving us beautiful truths here. And I almost feel like as he's saying it, he's almost telling you like it's not that easy either. It's going to be a consistent lifestyle of persevering. Don't you hear it when he's saying it to the crowd? I do. Verse 36, and what? Do you benefit if you gain the whole world? But then, you, but then you lose, you forfeit your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. It's a great verse to memorize. Verse 38, great verse. And here, here's Jesus' very own words telling the crowd to don't forfeit, don't lose it, don't give up, don't walk away, actually walk into it, keep walking, keep going, keep coming, keep persevering. Is there anything more worth it than this? I wrote this question down. I put, what is one way that you would define success according to this passage that we just read? How would you define success? After reading Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38, how can we, how would we define success in the words that Jesus just said? I'm sure there's many different answers. I kind of participated in my own little assignment. So I wrote this. I put, keeping and saving my soul. Even if it means losing the whole world, that is successful for me. You mean to tell me that if you lose everything but keep Jesus, that is more important to you? What do you think the answer should be? 
Absolutely. That's exactly what he's saying. So he's really taking this, this, this don't stop now message for real. He's taking it to a point where he's like being very drastic and intense with it. And for these crowds of people, they were going to enter some severe uh, persecution. So Jesus couldn't beat around the bush with them and couldn't preach a candy uh, quoted message and couldn't just make them feel good. Jesus had to make sure that he told them the truth of the gospel because at any moment they could come to your house and take you and they could um, burn you alive at the stake at any moment. They could take your own family from you. So I'm not here to give you a, a gospel that is uh, feel good. I, I'm here to tell you the truth. And he says, if you lose your whole entire life for my sake, it's worth it. You do it. You don't stop now. He's encouraging the crowd that if, you're, if you need to die for the sake of the gospel, if you need to die for the sake of Jesus, do you get what Jesus is saying? You don't stop. You keep going even if it's for your own life. I would say that's an extreme, extreme message that wouldn't bring that many parishioners on a Sunday. It would not. I mean, that would scare people. Jesus did very good to draw out large crowds. And then he did very good to shrink those large crowds. When he starts telling people to eat his body and stuff and drink his blood, like, uh-uh. Like, I want us to see this text and recognize that the Lord's message to his sons and daughters has always been, don't stop. Not then, not now, and not tomorrow. You keep on persevering to the end. You don't lose out. Don't lose out on the benefits, on the rewards of eternity, because you forfeit on this side, on this side of eternity. Do not miss out on the benefits. He says, if you are ashamed of me, then I will be ashamed of you. Don't miss out. Don't lose out on the benefits. Don't forfeit God's goodness right now that you miss out on your eternal rewards. I thought about Proverbs, uh, scripture that we got into, into a couple weeks ago, so I won't necessarily get into it, but I'll just read it again to you. I know we preached this passage weeks back, but in Proverbs, when it tells you to trust in the Lord. I think that's such an important reminder to trust in the Lord because how it tells us to trust in him. Not just on good days, but trust the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your straight your paths. Have you ever tried doing something the cheaper route? Seriously, because I live for this. My brother-in-law always makes fun of me. And he says, dude, when are you going to learn? You take the cheaper route. You pay greater consequences. Like, when are you going to? My brother-in-law is infamous in my life for, for reminding me of that. And I still haven't learned the lesson. Have you, have you, ha, are you someone that has taken the cheaper route and you've had to pay great expenses because of it? Sometimes the cheaper route becomes the most expensive later on. 
And my brother-in-law always reminds me, pay for the good thing now, and it's going to save you money in the future. But it feels so good just to pay less right now. It's like the cheap gas. So the car right now is doing like a weird thing, like when you drive, like it's doing a little chug. Any of your cars do it? Okay. It's doing a little push. And that's like, what is the push? What, why is it doing that, Rigo? This is because you know we do the leasing stuff. Like, why is this car doing it? And I'm just like in the car, like, I'm just, I haven't found it in my heart to go from 87 to 89 yet. <laughs> you put cheap gas, you get a cheap drive. You put better gas, your car drives better. Did you know that? If your car is going, it's probably because you're putting 87. You know what I'm talking about. You have 87, 88, 89. Some of you are like, yeah, but I'm in the middle. I do 88. I justify. Just go to 89. Premium, supreme. Listen, I'm not trying to tell you that I've never thought of giving up. Because I have. I, I, I look at Proverbs 3, the lack, the absence of perseverance. Could it also be due to our faith and trust issue? I, I, I've come to learn that my um, earthly issues have also affected my heavenly issues. Do you guys know that? So like me and Abba, because of me and Abba. One of my greatest responsibilities, and my God, do I fail so often, is to show my children Abba's love so that they could know Abba's love. And I'm not saying that I haven't thought of, man, this has been difficult, this has been hard, but my faith, my trust in God truly causes me to continue your faith, your trust in God should truly cause you to continue. When? When, Rigo? How much longer? Even when it's difficult. Even when it's difficult. The difficulty has nothing to do with me giving up or not giving up. The difficulty has everything to do with the testimony of faith and whether my faith will remain. That's what it has to do with. I think of some of the heroes. We're not going to have time today, but I would love for you to read Hebrews chapter 11. Maybe we will read it again today at our church. But read Hebrews 11. Some have called that passage the heroes of faith. And watch what they did to the end. They persevered. I mean, I know we got different ages in here. Some of you are soft to your stomach. But, I mean, it talks about your brother. You're going to see people in heaven that were sawed in half, sawed in half. <laughs> not a movie, not Braveheart, like real life, like they were sawed in half for the sake of the gospel. They persevered to the end. Things like that, eyes embedded. I mean, weird, weird, crazy, sadistic stuff. But that didn't stop them. The difficulty didn't stop them from serving God. Our greatest persecution, listen to this, should give witness about your commitment to persevere. 
Will you do what you're called to do, even if it becomes difficult? James, Jesus' sibling, goes ahead and reminds us of this. He says, blessed is the man, in chapter 1, verse 12, who remains steadfast, the one who perseveres under trials. Blessed is that man who remains steadfast under trials, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God, listen to this, which God has promised to those who love him. Do you see the rewards? Don't forfeit. Don't stop now because there is a crown. There are promises. There are blessings that await us in eternity. Stay committed to love Jesus under what? Under all circumstances, under the trial. You fall in love with Jesus in that trial. You come to know his character in that trial. Listen, it's easy to get discouraged because we haven't received a reward yet here on earth while in a trial. Are you, have you been in a trial and you haven't seen the outcome that you wanted and you get discouraged? Ever been there? And the Lord looks at you today and says, don't be discouraged. What you need to do, what I need to do is adjust your view to a kingdom view. Have the view, have the mindset of the kingdom because at the end we come to learn that we will receive the crown of life that Jesus promised. And that is the day when I will be united with him. It's not necessarily right now on earth. My job is to persevere on earth so then I could reap the benefits and the rewards of being in with him in eternity. I just want to stay strong though knowing every aspect of who I am is weak. Anyone with me? James chapter 1, 12, there's perseverance in this passage. He says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast. Where? Where do you stay? Remain steadfast. Where do you persevere? Go ahead. Did you read it? Blessed is the man who remains steadfast. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Under trial. Thank you for that verse, Lord. There's under trials that we go through. There's trials that we go under. And at times, he just doesn't have you go through trials. You've ever been through a trial? I know some of your stories, some of you have gone through some serious trials. You've gone through a trial? Put James chapter 1, verse 12. I think I've preached this here many, many years ago, something to this concept. I'm not, I don't remember, but let's look at it again. James 1, 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast. What? Have you been under trial before? Have you gone through trial before? I love that James, his wordage is very significant. Because he says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. I believe that going through a trial and remaining under a trial are two different things. Those are two different things. There's a trial that just sits on you and there's a trial that you pass through. James is very specific. He says, blessed are those who persevere under trials. That means it's a trial that has remained 
for some form of longevity. And blessed are you for continuing to persevere even while the trial has not been lifted from you. It's very easy to get through trials, but it's another thing to stay faithful under trials. Where are you today? Are you above a trial? Are you going through a trial? Are you under a trial? Well, James says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trials. They're going to receive the crown of life. Isn't this, at, right now, isn't that an encouraging message? Let's do an assignment. How can I encourage, how can we all be encouraged? I feel like being the church right now, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like, so oh, we got to keep everything in, you know. All right, I'm going to be the first one. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to testify of an under trial. What do you think? Watch what, how beautiful this is because we're the church. Watch how beautiful this is. Watch how beautiful this is. I've been under a trial. You've been under a trial. So who could stand with me and say, my trial is fighting anxiety that can cripple me. Fighting under that trial. Anyone else? Go ahead. Want to say it? Anyone want to say anything? As you stand, say it. Anyone? Finance. Finance. Stand up. Anyone else? As you stand up, want to say something? Divorce. Divorce. Thank you. My mom's mental health. Double-mindedness. Stay standing, stay standing, brother. Anyone else? Family, Family thank you. Stay standing. Anyone else? Work. Work. My father's health. My father's health. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. My wife's health. Finances. This is bold. I, I congratulate you guys for standing. Anyone else? Past traumas. Past traumas. Emotions and past traumas. Emotions, past traumas. Oh. Anxiousness. Depression, anxiety. Depression, anxiety. In your family. My mind. My mind. Discouragement. Discouragement. Thank you, thank you so much. One that we're missing addition. Hey, one second. I focus my creativity, raising the family. Addiction. Man, addiction. Ah, oh, that's, that's bold. Thank you. Addiction. Why do you get bad habits? Bad habits. 
fighting against bad habits? Control. Control? Amen. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Thank you for your honesty, guys. Fatigue? Fatigue? Routine. Thank you, brother. Pride. Pride. Isn't there freedom right now? Don't you feel freedom? Don't you feel freedom right now? Freedom? Family. Family. Self-control. Depression? Oppression. Anyone else want to just get up and say, here's, here's my under trial? Anyone else? Betrayal. Amen. I want you to do something. Just look around for a second. This is the church. This is the church. This is the church. This is all of us. But what's beautiful about every single one of us that have stood up and have said, this is what my under trial looks like. It's that we're all called to this one thing in common. And that is you are called to persevere. And blessed are you by persevering under the trial. Because James says, trust me, your future, you're going to get out of it. Your future when you stand it through it, you're going to receive this. You're going to get there. You're going to receive the crown of life. I mean, it's beautiful scripture. It's so encouraging because the Lord has promised it to you because he loves you. Uh, thank you for, for being honest. You may be seated. I know it's awkward. I know it's strange. But at least for me, it's so freeing because that's what the church is. We are people that go through trials. But what I loved about you guys standing up, every time you would share one of yours, you would encourage me. Because I recognize whew, I'm not the only one fighting the good fight. I'm not the only one running the race. So is my sister. So is my brother. And that gives me the opportunity to come alongside them. Not to judge them, not to belittle them, but to say I could share this in common with you. Let's persevere. Let's not stop now. Let's keep going. That was the church. That was so beautiful. That was so beautiful. There's been difficult days to persevere but to continue to do it even when it's difficult, that's a whole different aspect. Worship or a song or something mellow in the background, we're going to close up soon. But Paul, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5, he says, not only that, but we rejoice. For all of you that stood up with me, here it is. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love 
has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. How many of you could say amen? The sufferings and the things that I'm persevering through, you're persevering through, it's doing a greater work in you. The author of Hebrews writes these words down. Please listen, it's a lot, but just let the word minister to your heart. Ready? Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run, here it is, let us run with endurance, endure, endure. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking to Jesus. As you run, looking to Jesus, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured. There it is again. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of the throne. See that? It didn't stop at the cross for Jesus, right? said last week. He endured the cross and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It speaks of him in eternity. Verse 3, depending what translation you read from, the English standard has put it as do not grow weary. Look what it says. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. <laughs> Consider Christ so that you do not grow weary or faint-hearted. Verse 4, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. Church, listen to this. If you stood up, and it's fresh to your heart. Listen to this. God is treating you like a son, like a daughter. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Depending on what translation you read, that word right there, if you break it down, it means you are a bastard child a fatherless child but we're not verse 9 besides this we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he, he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. 
and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed strive for peace for the holiness with which no one will see the lord with so see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of god that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled i love that one sister said betrayal and another brother and sister said past hurts or or past and then here, here's the author of Hebrews and he says, all those things, betrayal and hurts and all those things that you've gone through, that no root of bitterness springs up in you. But that you would become more holy. More holy through the trial. More holy through the difficulty. I love what David writes in a song of thanks as it is, as it is written. <clears throat> I will not read the whole song in the book of chronicles but i will grab one little verse from this song as he writes it in first chronicles chapter 16 and in verse 11 listen to what david says he says seek the lord and his strength seek his presence continually don't stop now you seek the lord and you seek his presence continuously you do not stop now. How many of you can say amen? I heard someone share this story, and I'll maybe end with this. He says he went hunting, and he went to his friend's land that he has, I don't know how many acres of land to hunt. And his friend lent, um, left his dog there on the land to go hunting with him. It's his hunting dog. So on the day he goes hunting, he's ready with his crew and he notices that the dog doesn't go with him. The dog goes and they have a, there was a trailer there and he lays down in the shade under the trailer that was there in the farm that he was to go hunt in. And he kept on calling the dog. I think the dog's name was like Rex or something. Come on, Rex, come on. And Rex wouldn't go. Rex just sat down and laid himself in the shade. And the man was like, this is my hunting dog. I need him to come with me. So the next day, he speaks to his friend and the friend asks, so how was the hunting? How has it gone for you? And he says, well, there's a problem with Rex. We went out to go hunting, but he, he didn't want to go hunting with us. He just went under the trailer and he stayed in the shade. And his friend says, oh my gosh. I forgot to tell you. Let me ask you a question. Did you feed your dog? Did you feed the dog? Did you feed Rex before going hunting? He says, of course. I wanted to make sure he was full so he could be full of energy and ready to go hunt. And his friend says, I'm so sorry. You can never feed Rex before a hunt. He's got to go out hungry. He's got to go out without food. Because then what you're doing is you're taking away the crave of the hunt. So he already ate. So there's no crave. That's why he sat down in the shade. <laughs> May that hunger never leave us, church. May we never stop hunting. May we never, never stop searching. 
May we always crave and always be hungry for the things of God. May we never stop. May we always be salivating by the mouth and saying, Oh Lord, as David says, search the Lord in all his strength and seek seek and search his presence continually. May you never just lay down and just be there lazy in the shade, but may there always be a crave for the things of God. Always, always. The Bible says that he what? He prepares a table before you. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. You know where he prepares the table before you? In the presence of your enemies. That means that in the trial, when the enemies are before you, the Lord is faithful and present to nourish you and still give you. Even in your trial, while your enemies are present, watch how I sit you down to eat. But don't stop being hungry. Don't stop craving. I know there's enemies around you. I know there's difficulty and struggle. I know there's trials and heartaches. I know there's a race to run. I know there's a fight to fight. But come and eat before your enemies. What father would do that? What king would do that? When you read that text, it almost doesn't make sense. Why would you invite me to eat and have all my enemies here? If you're going to eat at the king's table, wouldn't you want your best of friends to be there? To enjoy it with you? Look what we're eating. We're drinking from gold goblets. We're eating with gold forks. And listen to the orchestra play and the choir sing. And look at the king as he gives us his choicest meats and greatest of wines. Wouldn't you want to invite your greatest of friends? And the Lord says, I prepare a table before your enemies because what the Lord is teaching us is that he's there, that he knows, that he's present, that, that, that he, is, he is in the midst of the trial with you. And he's showing you the room. He's showing you in the room. I know that you would call the party to be different, but this is the way I do it to show you that even in front of your enemies, I am still faithful as your God. My son, keep persevering. Don't stop now. You keep fighting. You keep running the race. Man, go home today and you have a homework assignment. Read Hebrews 11 and then when you're done, read it again. And then when you're done, read it again and then put it on your phone and listen to it audibly and hear it again. But it describes all the heroes of the faith and what they had to endure. And I love these words in Hebrews 11:13. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. That if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. And that is talking about your brothers and your sisters who have persevered under trials. And they did it for a homeland. They did it for a city that the Lord is preparing for them. Church, I'm going to tell you one thing one last time 
please listen to this. Here it is. Ready? Don't stop now. It's not the time. It's not the time. Lord, I thank you for this room. Because in this room, many of us stood up and we gave a testimony of what it looks like to be under trial. But what's beautiful about each person that stood up was that they're still here. They still came. They're still praying. They're still trusting. They're still believing. And I thank you for giving me brothers and sisters like that. And we together thank you for being such a faithful father. Lord, I pray that we would never stop craving, stop hungering, that we would never stop, especially not now. For this is what you are calling us to. I thank you for 16 years. If it is possible, let the next 16 be even greater, of greater glory, of great presence, great miracles, that we would be a people that witness and see your signs and wonders, that we would be a people that persevere. Thank you for the words to persevere, to keep going, even when it's difficult, even when it's under trial. Thank you for the reminder to not stop now. You are a good God. I pray for strength over every one of my brothers and sisters. Can you give us strength? Let us live in hope. Let us rejoice in all sufferings. Let us be the church, the pure church, with our problems, with our struggles, with our under the trials, but let us be the pure church. A pure church. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We give you this moment. We give you our lives. We do not forfeit. We do not stop. We persevere. We fight the good fight. We keep running the race. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And together we say, Amen. Sorry. Um, I feel the Lord keeps, we need to pray for pastor and we're gonna take advantage that we're here as a church. Um, you are a pillar. You are what we need in this moment. 
you are what nest needs at this moment. And the Lord is speaking to you. Don't be afraid to do what he told you to do. Don't hold back. And I, I just want to pray for you. And I'm sorry. I need to do this. And I'm going to ask you as a church to just stand up with me. And I asked Senior to join me because I didn't want to do this by myself. I know that he doesn't like attention. But it's 16 years that we're standing here. And I'm not going to leave being disobedient to what God is telling me to do for you right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we humble ourselves in front of your presence. We come before you, Father God, understanding the assignment, understanding what you have called us to do, understanding who you are. And Lord, we just thank you for this day. God, you are holy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy. And God, at this moment, we just lift up Pastor Rigo into your hands, Lord God. We just elevate him into your presence, Lord God. I thank you for his meekness. I thank you for his humbleness. I thank you for his sincerity. I thank you for his heart, Lord God. I thank you for the vision. I thank you for the things that you have spoken, the things that he's been quiet about, the things that you've been telling him to do. Father, but we just pray for you renewed strength. We pray, Father God, as we lift up his hands, Father God, as your people, as your children, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We ask for a special covering, Father God, a new, something different, something that he's never seen before. As your word says that no eye has seen and no ear has heard. Those are the things that I have planned for you because you have loved me. You have given everything for me. I will honor you. I will walk with you. I will show you what you thought you could never see because I am your God. In the name of Jesus, you are so good, God. Father, I pray that you seal his mind with your word, that you renew him, Father God, that you give him strength like your word says, like the buffaloes, that he will soar like on wings of eagle, Father God. I pray that you continue to give him that strength, Father God, but that you open up his eyes and give him a different vision, something different that only you can give. I pray for Nancy. We pray for Jackson. We pray for Jade. We pray for Senior. We pray for his mom. We pray for his brother-in-law, his sister that have their church. We pray for this family as a whole. We just thank you for those that are going to come, for the things that you are going to do. We thank you because he is a man that does not look back, that does not put his hand on the plow. Father God, we just thank you, Father God. I thank you, Jesus, that he may never doubt, that he may never waver, that he may not be afraid to speak what you are speaking, that he may just continue to run, and that whenever he gets tired, that he may look up and see that he has a church that backs him up, Lord God, that there are people who are praying day in and out for him, that he has the strength that you have given him, Lord God, that there are people who need to see and hear what you have, Father God. We thank you for 16 years of nest. We thank you for the blessing that you've given us. We thank you for the church that you have made us. We thank you for the trials. We thank you for the struggles. We thank you because we are stronger and we are better for them, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And in unity, we say, church, amen. Amen, you are loved. Bless you guys.